Uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, uh, we'll begin reading in verse 21, but let me preface it by saying we've been looking at this thought of that world called Egypt and how that it is a picture of the world that you and I have to put up with and we have to live in. There are a lot of types uh, that show that. I mentioned three, of course. One is that Egypt, uh, the children of Israel were in Egypt, but they were not of Egypt. Jesus said you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Uh, Egypt hated God's children. Jesus said the world hath hated me, it'll hate you also. And it was in that world that God did a work of redemption to pull his people out. And also it is in this world that God used Christ on a cross to do a work of redemption to save sinners and thank God he's taken us out. We noticed some things about that world this week that applies to our world. One, it's a reality. We don't mean to be cold and indifferent, but that's just life. However the day went with you today, uh, all I can say is that's just life. That's just life. But the good news is, is in the midst of their living in Egypt, thank God they had one thing that Pharaoh could not diminish, and that was hope. They had hope. And I'm glad that though we have no hope in the system, we have no hope in the changes in this world. As I say, he's not interested in changing this world or varnishing the rails of a sinking ship. He's interested in taking his children out of this world. So it's a place of hope. Not only is it a place of hope, it is a It was a place that we noticed of which God was doing a heavenly work in in earthen vessels and in in an earthen world. Heaven was coming down and touching humanity there in Egypt. We saw it. And so it is even in this hour. Aren't you glad for the day when heaven come down, touched you, and, and still does? Is a place of uh, it was a place. Uh, Egypt was a place of hope. Egypt was where where there was some heaven. Uh, Egypt was a place where there was some help. Where you're at, God has something there to help you, as we noticed. In other words, there's some relief there. There's some relief, some help along the way, and I'm glad, as I said the other night. That uh, as bad as this old world is, I'd have to testify as Joseph probably did and as those two midwives did and as uh, Moses' mom and daddy did and as the children of Israel did when they went out with all that gold. I just have to say it wasn't supposed to be this good. Wasn't supposed to be this good. But boy, hadn't it been good. Hadn't God blessed. And uh, we, we've, uh, last night we preached on not only can we find heaven in Egypt and help in Egypt and hope in Egypt, but thank God he endured as seeing him who is invisible. There's him. And boy, what a difference he makes in our lives in this world if we can focus on him. 
But, good news, uh, we've come together tonight to get out of Egypt. And uh, so I want to read a verse to you, and then I'm going to uh, read, let's read these verses first, uh, your verses, Hebrews 11, verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph, and worship leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. In verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians assaying to do were drowned. Now I want to read Isaiah chapter number 11 and verse number 16. The Bible said, And there shall be an highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that they came up out of the land of Egypt. I'm preaching tonight on the remedy, the remedy for Egypt. And I want to focus on this matter, not so much tonight as of hope and help and, and heaven in Him, but I, I, want to, I want to focus on, and, and it's in the text that I read there, you could, you could uh, guess it, I want to preach on the highway. He said there's a highway like as it was to Israel in the day when it came up out of the land of Egypt. I'm glad that Egypt's not a dead-end road. Egypt is, it has a highway. And thank God that highway comes out. And that the Lord didn't save us to leave us in this world forever. But after He's finished with us, the road will become visible. And by faith we can see it afar anyway. That there is, thank God, a highway out of your Egypt. Out of your circumstances. Out of your environment. A highway out. A remedy for whatever you are facing and have faced and shall face as far as this world is concerned. 
Good news, very good news about the sermon. It's only got two thoughts. Because we'll break them down. But uh, I, want to, I want to emphasize these two thoughts about this highway. Do you see that? Do you see what he said in Isaiah? Like as it was to Israel in the day when he came out. There's a highway. The two things that I want to project to you about the highway leaving and going out of Egypt. The first one's a little heavy. I don't know that I was too pleased with it when I saw it. But it's the highway or no way at all. God has a road going out of there. And if you get out, you'll have to take that road. You'll have to go on that road. And you say, well, what is it? Well, are you ready? <laughs> I'm not going to leave you on this note, but I've got to amplify this. It is a highway of death. It is a highway of death. There's only one way out of Egypt. And that way involves a death process. You say, well now, preacher, where do you find that? First of all, I find a physical death. Look in verse 21 and verse number 22 again. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying. I'm going to ask you again, what country was Jacob in when he was a dying? Egypt. (laughs) But he's fixing to get out. There is a promotion. But that promotion in Jacob's case is a promotion of death. The highway is, it, it goes through the graveyard. Sure does. And notice in verse 22, by faith Joseph when he died. What country was Joseph in when he died? But did he get out of Egypt? Sure did. But he went out by the way of the grave. And they put his bones in a coffin, which means a hope chest in the land of Egypt. It is a place through which we can receive a release through the grave, through the process of physical death. Now, as far as the Egyptians are concerned, they need to fear death. And brother, when death passed through the land on that last night that the children of Israel were there, there was some cries going out because death had touched every home. And can I say to this old world, to the sinners that know not Christ, you, you need to be afraid of death. But can I say to the children of God, we need not fear death. The sting has been taken out and God has turned it into a way out. A highway for all of us. I think that uh, the very processes of life lead us to the point of which we will accept this exit. Though while we're young, we don't want anything to do with it. And to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm like uh, Dr. Harold Seidler said, he said, if I knew the spot in which I was going to die, 
I just wouldn't show up. We're not, we're all, I mean, everybody by nature, that's human nature, everybody wants, even a roach wants to live. You say, oh, you know, we'll try to kill him. He ain't going to stand there and let you smash him. He wants to live, but there's just something about age that will, in its process, it will, uh, it will cause us to be willing to accept God's way out of this world. And I'm of the opinion that it's a glorious way. And once we take it, once we get to go through it, we will probably look back and say, wow, if I'd have just known. But you see, God don't want us to all go jump out of windows and all that other stuff. You know, the apostle Paul wrestled with that. He said, I have a desire to depart. Uh, but uh, he said, uh, you know, in essence, Christ wants me to remain. Uh, and he said, I can't even tell you what's on the other side. It wouldn't be awful. <laughs> but I know one thing. He was looking for the day he was going to check out. But I thought about 2 Corinthians 5, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. So being clothed, we shall not be found naked, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we should be unclothed, but be clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up in life. We're confident always knowing that whilst we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He said, uh, Paul said, I've looked this grave business over. It don't look too bad to me because it's God's remedy for Egypt. God's exit to leave out of this old world. I was thinking about the old song that they used to sing. It's called This Old House. Ain't going to need this house no longer. Ain't going to need this house no more. Ain't got time to fix the shingles. Ain't got time to fix the floor. Ain't got time to all the hinges. Nor to mend the window. Ain't got, ain't going to need this house no longer. <laughs> getting ready to meet the saints. And of course, you know, he goes on talking about getting shaking, getting old, and, and, and the pains, and getting... Uh, and, and, and Ecclesiastes talks about that, the grinders, and, and the eyesight, and all of that other stuff. And, and, and as, as the processes of age come upon us, we, we sense that what this old body is saying to us is the same thing it said to Joseph, and it said to his daddy Jacob, Hey, you've worn out your welcome. Time for you to get out of here. But I'm going to tell you something, it ain't going to be too bad. It is a physical, wonderful uh, door for us to leave out on. And if you go now, if the Lord doesn't come, you, you, you might as well get ready. You're going to have to go by the way of the grave. Now, the second death that we find here is in verse number 28. You say, oh, but, but, but now preacher, I'll, just, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to have, I mean, you, you're talking about death. I, I'm not sure I'm going to have to go by the way of the grave. Maybe you won't. Hallelujah. If the Lord comes, and I think he's fixing to come pretty soon, if he does, then we can all be like Enoch. We can get out of here 
without having to go through the process of death. But if he doesn't, you know what's going to happen to you, don't you? Even if the Lord were to come, you're still going to have to take part in the process of, of death. If not, in the physical sense, you're going to have to do so in this means of the sacrificial death. Look in verse number 28. I'm talking about the highway out as a highway of death, a, a, a physical death, but notice this sacrificial death. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Let me say this to you, that God's highway is a bloody highway, and it is a highway that has to do with the sacrifice of Christ on a cross for the sins of mankind as that, as that lamb was slain. And I'm going to tell you, if that blood has not been applied, you're on the wrong road. You're not on the highway that's leading out. No, you're, you're stuck in Egypt and you'll die in Egypt and you'll descend in Egypt, but you're not going out. But thank God every one of those who were in those houses that night by faith, believing God when the blood was applied to the doorpost and the lentils, they were saved out of Egypt and taken on that highway into the promised land. And I'm glad to report to you that whether I go by the way of the grave or whether I go by way of the rapture, the one thing that is, that is for sure, I have been buried with him in his sacrifice, as the scripture said, and raised in the newness of life. The blood has been applied. And I'm on the right road. <laughs> You say, how you know? Because all the signs are painted in red. Everything about it has to do with the sacrifice of salvation. But you'd be amazed at how many people are sitting in churches that think they're headed somewhere because that they've taken part or they've been in or they've been, as we've always said, baptized or whatever, or they're the son of a preacher or the son or daughter of a of a, of a, of a, a, a Sunday school teacher or a song leader or a minister of some kind and they think they're going to heaven but they are not unless they go by the way of the cross. And what's the songwriter say? The way of the cross leads home. I'm glad I'm headed to the house but I'm coming by the way of the cross. There's a highway but honey it runs right through the cross. On the way. On the way. You must take part of that, that, that sacrificial death that is in Christ. You must have appropriated that and you must have believed Him for that. And the songwriter said, I'm glad, and I'm glad it's so. The blood is still there. I, I love that other song. Uh, uh, what is it about that little boy? One dark night down in Egypt's land, the fearful time had come for a young Hebrew boy who was his father's firstborn and uh, was the firstborn son. And of course he goes on to talk about the angel of death and the son is afraid and he said, Father, would you go check and see 
if the blood is still applied. <laughs> oh, and the son, and the father comes back and says, son, don't worry. For the blood is there to stay. The winds may blow, the rains may fall, but it won't wash away. It'll stand the raging storm. It's been applied with loving care, safe, secure. You can rest assured. The blood is still applied. I'm talking about getting out of Egypt. The remedy. There's a highway, but it's a highway that involves death. There is that that physical death. There is that sacrificial death. And then there is that spiritual or positional death. I didn't take time to read this, but I want to just hit it, and then I'm going on to that last thought, getting us out of Egypt. Exodus 14, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Now you remember that back in Exodus? They came out there to the Red Sea running and, and I'm going to tell you, Egypt, Egypt's not going to give up lightly. It's not as if Egypt's just going to release you. But Egypt's going to hound you every step of the way if it can. And here they're coming out of Egypt. They get to the Red Sea. And, uh, and, and after all that God has done to Egypt in uh, all of those uh, plagues and so on, they hadn't learned the lesson. They're still running after them and trying to hold on. The devil doesn't want to turn loose. The vices that, that have held you so long does not want to turn loose. The, the sins that have gripped you do not want to turn loose. They want to hold you. And here they stand before the Red Sea and Moses said, what do I do? And God said, take that rod and, and touch that water. And of course, you know how the Red Sea rolled back and, and the children of Israel marched by night through that Red Sea. And Egypt, those soldiers weren't going to turn loose. The, 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 the Pharaoh had commanded them and here they come with all their chariots and all their horses and all their soldiers right down into that same uh, where the water was, uh, was rolled back. And then when Israel got on the other side, you know the story, God released the waters. When he released the waters, you know what he did? He killed, he killed the soldiers. He killed the people that had been holding and harassing God's people for all them years. Finally, they were free. Thank God Almighty, they were free at last. They were not only free from Egypt, they were free from the harnesses and the hands and the holds. Why? Because those that imposed themselves upon them were finally dead. Paul said it this way. He said, I die daily. No, he's not talking about the spiritual man. He's talking about that part of him that just simply tries to keep him in the harnesses of Egypt or this old world. 
And again, he, uh, he explains it this way. He said, the, the world is crucified unto me and I am crucified unto the world. He's saying, in other words, God is doing a death blow upon the powers that be that would hold me in the Egyptian strain. You see, positionally and spiritually in Christ, we have a power greater that is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And what God does in our lives all along the way is he performs a death blow to that that worldly side of us that would keep pulling us back. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now think about it. Visualize it this way, and I'll go to my last thought. You, you can see these Egyptians coming, and it's the same ones that whipped them, cursed them, made them make the bricks, made them build the palaces, and all those other things, and here they keep coming. And Israel's still afraid, even though they're leaving Egypt, they're still afraid. They look back and they hear their voices. They see them. And then finally, God brings a death to that imposing force. I mean, the children of Israel can walk up to the Egyptian. I'll make you an Egyptian right now and pretend you're dead. And they can walk up to that imposing Egyptian. They can smack him on the face. They can hit him on the arm. And somebody said, you better be careful. That's the guy. That's the guy that beat you so hard the other day and made you work so harshly. Don't do that to him. Oh, I'm not afraid of him. You say, why? He's dead. Kick him. Taunt him. Even do a little nah, 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 nah. You say, Preacher, what are you saying? Well, I'm going to say this as, as I move on. I'm glad when God saved me, He didn't leave me like I was. Because I was raised in an environment that had bukus of vices. The one vice that seemed to hold all of my generations as far back as I can go on all sides of my family is alcohol. It destroyed my dad. It destroyed three of my brothers. have buried them because of it. I've got a sister that has cirrhosis of the liver. I've got a brother that has the same like the others had it. It's, it is a terrible, 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 terrible vice. But I'm going to report to you, thank God, that the day he saved me as a 14-year-old boy, he slew that Egyptian. Because for 42 years, I have never, ever, ever, no, no merit of my own, had he left me with that vice, I would have been running from that vice all the time. It would have been just on my heels. Oh, every time I passed a liquor store, I'd feel the pull of it. Every time I saw it on TV, my, my lips would just... 
oh, I just, oh, I'm on. But you know what? He killed that. And man, I have, I, I'm glad to report to you that for 42 years, I never even thought about it. But hey, I must be honest with you. He didn't kill all the vices. There's a lot of that Egypt down in there that when God saved me, still to this day, some of it is grabbing. 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 You said, well, preacher, why don't you just give it up and turn over a new leaf? You can't kill your Egyptians. Moses tried it and got in trouble. It is on this highway that God Almighty will perform a death blow upon that vice, upon that, that Egyptian, upon that stronghold in your life. Your only hope is that Christ would kill the passion of it. But I am glad to report to you that along the 42 years, I'm glad that they've just been at different times that God has brought death blows to certain appetites and certain desires and certain that don't bother me anymore. He does a killing. And if you ever get out of Egypt, fully get out of Egypt, he'll have to do some, you know why? Because if he don't, them Egyptians just going to walk, they'll go with you every step of the way pulling at you. They just won't turn you loose. Come back here, come back here. You know you've got to have this. You can't live without this. Come on. You know we, come, come, come. Until finally God drowns the rascal, knocks him in the head, kills him. And you say, hallelujah. I'm glad I'm not hearing those voices anymore. I'm glad I'm not having those desires. I'm glad there's no pull. Because Christ has done a crucified work afresh and anew. Not only to deliver me from Egypt, but thank God to, to keep Egypt back from me. So it's a death process. Matter of fact, anywhere you find faith, you're going to find a whole lot of death. Because faith's main responsibility is to find you a place where to die. If you don't believe it, you read Hebrews 11, and everywhere you find faith, almost you find death. <laughs> Somebody said, I wish I had a lot of faith. I do too. Well, I'm going to tell you, there'll be a whole lot of dying too. Because that's what faith does. It'll find you a place to die. Now, I'm going to my last thought. I, I want you to notice this matter of the highway out of Egypt. It's a highway that involves death. But I want to point this out to you. It's the simplicity of it. It is implied by by the fact that uh, the writer talks about uh, this highway is is for his people. His people Israel. So this, this highway is not just any highway. Uh, it's not a shovel-ready highway. And that's all I got to say there. This highway was not 
voted on in Congress and passed by the president. This is not a jobs, jobs, jobs highway. Because the truth of the matter is you didn't have anything to do with it and nobody else did. Because I want to say to you that this, this, in this matter of this highway, this remedy, this highway is a divine highway. Now get this. The highway didn't start in Egypt. It didn't end in Egypt. The highway began with God in heaven was brought down and heads right back into glory. It's an unending highway, an infinite highway, an eternal highway. What a highway it is. God's highway. Think about this. This highway out of Egypt. You know, in the Word of God, you can pick up on this highway real early on. It's the one that Enoch was walking on for 300 years. Walked right on into glory. It was that highway that Noah walked on also. The Bible said he walked with God. That highway run right by that ark where he's building it. It was the highway that Abraham used when he left the land of Chaldeans. He started on the highway, heading out. A heavenly highway. Wasn't it? It was the highway that Jacob and Joseph used when they went down into the land of Egypt. Now buckle your seatbelt. Some folks think that the highway into something is a bad highway used of the devil and the highway out is a good highway used of God. Any highway you build is a bad highway in and out. But I'm here to tell you when God lays a highway, it's a good highway in and it's a good highway out. It was a divine highway that brought them into Egypt. It'll be a divine highway that takes them out. It's a divine highway that got you to where you're at and it's a divine highway that'll get you out of where you're at. Don't get discouraged, just stay at the road. You're headed in the right direction. I know know it don't look so good while you're walking through that patch down there where all them briars and everything... And all them blocks and bricks and everything like that. But honey, don't mistake it. That's the highway coming through there. Huh? It was that highway that Moses connected up on that led right through Goshen, picked up the children of God, and led them out of Egypt. Through the Red Sea. That was that highway. Same highway. That's what the Bible said, like unto the highway. That the children of Israel used coming out. Am I not telling? And, and it's that same highway that took them up into that wilderness. And it was on that highway that that manna fell. And that water was great depths. It's right there on that highway. 
And then it was that same highway that Joshua used that went right smack through the middle of the Jordan River. And then that highway went up right by Rahab's house. Sure did. It cut and went over into Boaz's field where Ruth was. It went on down through the valley of the shadow of death where David was. It cut and went up to the brook Cherith where Elijah was and on over to Zarephath. Hallelujah. Eventually, you could see it running right straight through the midst of Babylon. And uh, the Medes and Persians and Greece and all that, it run right through the middle of that fiery furnace and headed right through the lion's den. It come on out of there and showed up in Bethlehem. That's the same road. <laughs> come out on Calvary's mountain, cut down through the garden of the tomb. And swung by on the way down through Jericho under a tree where there's an old boy up there by the name of Zacchaeus. Headed on out through Pentecost. Went down toward Damascus and picked up the apostle Paul. And she's headed on to glory. Huh? <laughs> I told you the other day that Cleveland, Ohio doesn't have hold anything for me, but thank God I'm glad that road come right through there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's where it picked me up. The highway that's divine picks up old sinners and redeems them and heads them out toward the house of God. They've been walking on this road as far back as I said, Enoch. And all the way through there. And thank God you and I have been privileged to walk on it. Yes. There'll be some more after us. But what that road's doing is it's leading us out. It's always headed to another country. Now, you may not like where you're at on your portion of the road. <laughs> I'm sure the children of Israel didn't. But just thank God you're on the right road. Thank God that you're headed in the right direction. You're headed to glory. 